Zach goes for the end zone. He's got Gunnar Romney. He's got a touchdown catch. Zach Wilson standing strong and going long for the touchdown. Hand off Katoa. Katoa, a big hit. Another one. Lopini Katoa, touchdown. Step up in a fire. Intercepted. Today is BYU Football Media Day 2019. This is Behind the Mic, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is our number two of our Behind the Mic Media Day special. BYU football, a little more than 10 weeks away from opening day against Utah, the first of four Power 5 opponents to open the 2019 season. The opener will be followed by a game at Tennessee and then back-to-back home games against USC and Washington. The season will be the second as the Cougars play caller for offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. In his first campaign as OC, Coach Grimes presided over one of the most improved units in college football. BYU's scoring improvement ranked ninth nationally as the Cougs were up more than 10 points per game over the preceding season. When it mattered most in the red zone, BYU's one of the best teams. 23rd in red zone touchdown percentage, which was an improvement from 128th just the season before. BYU was also a top 35 team in fewest turnovers and completion percentage, and that was with a ton of injuries and a midseason quarterback change. This season, that freshman quarterback is back as a sophomore. He's got a good group around him. The coach who will figure out who goes where is offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. He and Riley Nelson with me here in Studio 2. Hello, Coach Grimes. Well, first I should tell you this once again. I want to pay you to do my intro anytime <laughs> I'm being introduced for anything that involves my position. Consider me already on a pro bono retainer for you. Okay. So it's, it's already a done deal as far well, as I'm concerned. Well, whatever you're paying, they should pay you more. That's what I say. <laughs> and good to have Riley back. And Coach Grimes, uh, we welcome in Riley Nelson as the newest member of our broadcast crew this year. We think it'll be fun. I think he certainly adds a lot to the uh, broadcast booth, particularly hair. He's got. He's got. Yeah, I'm, quite, I'm growing yeah. it out. I realized uh, I went a little bit shorter for the summer. Just a little bit cooler look, but it's off brand for me. People expect the hair, so I'm growing it out. We can count on that. Well, whatever awesome. you've got, you compensate for what I do not have. <laughs> and it's always good to have a quarterback's brain on the broadcast. I think uh, I, I really benefit from the analysis, and I'm looking forward to being with Riley here and uh, his year one and your uh, year two. How do you look back on on well year one as OC at BYU? You know, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I really en- I enjoyed it from from the beginning to the end. Obviously, there are moments you'd like to have back as as a play caller. You'd like to have back as a coach, and wish you could have done better at at, at some particular moments, or maybe scored one more time in a couple of games. But I really think that gives us the fuel that we need to go into this year and and recognize that you know there's still a, a lot of room for improvement. You know, I think we showed last year that. That we can play with anybody when we're on, but we I think we also saw that that when we're not at our best, we can stink it up pretty good. So a lot a lot of room for improvement. I think that fuels us towards um, excitement for this year. You might prefer that a quarterback who ended the season so well have a full, healthy off season to play and get better. That said, what was Zach able to do with the off season that still stands him in a good stead to hit it hard come August here? Well, Zach's got a, a love for the game that ex- exceeds what most people have. I think he just, I mean, you can see it in the way that he plays, the way he lights up when you start talking about uh, a certain passing concept or an opponent that we're going to play. He just, he, he's truly passionate about the game of football, you know, and I, I saw that in Riley when he played too and, and um, 
I was I was here when John Beck was here and Max Hall and watching the guys who are great quarterbacks. They love the game. They have a passion for it, and I think Zach has that. And I think because of that, if you have that passion for the game, then you're willing to do all the other stuff that it takes to become great. And so, even though he wasn't able to take snaps this spring, he's at home watching video until midnight instead of maybe watching some show on Netflix that that most guys his age are, are watching. So. You'll, I think you'll see a, a markedly improved Zach Wilson, even though he wasn't able to go through spring. It's been a long time since BYU's had a season with only one quarterback go 13 games. It'd be great if your number one guy goes 13, but history says you're probably going to need two at some point. Uh, that said, the two, if he's the two right now, is a heck of a guy to have right now. I think between Zach and Jaron, there's such a bunch of talent right now at quarterback. Agreed? Yeah, I've been on teams where we didn't have anyone as good as either of them, and a lot of teams that way. And so I've, I, I'm just tremendously excited. And, and obviously, Zach gets a lot of a lot of press, and he deserves it. He had a good freshman year, um, but Jaron deserves some too. I mean that that guy um, is just really, really impressive. Not only his skill set, really impressed with his ability to run, his ability to throw the football, but his poise for a guy his age is um, is really impressive. And uh, I think he's one of the best skill players on our team. And I think uh, a challenge for us as an offensive staff is to figure out how to use him. Riley, as someone who's been both uh, an, an incumbent and a challenger at the quarterback spot in a camp situation, how do you, how do you view what Coach Grimes has on his plate at quarterback this year? I believe it's the best of both worlds. I I think one of the and I know Coach Grimes is is uh, has created a culture in the offense that um, is the one of the most ruinous things for any football team and any a unit is entitlement. And so the the how you keep entitlement out of your program is you promote and foster competition and you demand you create a standard that demands that every player be ready to play at all times and if and is competing and prepping to play as, as though they are going to help that unit that given Saturday. And um, that's what, to me, as I've observed um, from the end of last season through the offseason in spring ball, that's what's happening at the quarterback position, and that's what I think is happening at all of the different units of, across the offense. I think he'll be okay at this 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 play by this this color commentator gig. I think he's going to work out. I think so. Yeah. I think he's got something going there. Yeah. Uh, the additions of Emmanuel Asuka and uh, Tyson Williams. What does that do to your backfield beyond just give you a couple more guys? Yeah. Well, we obviously needed needed the numbers there from from the number of guys that we lost last year. And then last year wasn't a great recruiting year for us in terms of natural fits at the high school level and recruiting running backs. Um, and so we said let's explore the junior college and grad transfer route. And, and it just so happened that we found two grad transfers that that were the right fit and you don't bring guys in that just have one year left um, without expecting them to have a big impact. So I'm looking for great things from both of them. But like Riley just mentioned, they'll have to earn their reps just like everyone else will. And we've got a number of guys coming back who, who were with us in the spring that I think can can help us and, and provide – all three of the things that backs do. And so often people only think about them running with the football, but the ability to block and the ability to catch are um, are just as important at times. And so I think both of those guys will, will add a lot to our backfield. But what I'm looking forward to more than anything is just greater production from the position. We need greater production from our running back position than what we had a year ago. And so um, I think both of those guys will be a big part of that, but I also feel like the other guys will have a chance to do that as well. Injuries were a major factor, but it's been a while since BYU had a leading rusher in the 400s in terms of yards, and that's where our guy ended last year. 
benefits of having a productive go-to workhorse guy that's kind of your number one as opposed to benefits of I've got a bunch of great guys, let's see who's hot? Um, I think there are advantages to both. The advantage for for a player, for a running back, is is he gets in rhythm. You know, I think most good backs, particularly if they're big backs, which both these guys are, um, they get into a rhythm and they begin to get a feel for the game. They understand how to set up a linebacker for a cutback and they begin to see where the holes develop. And most good backs, if they're physical runners, they get better as the game goes on. And so there's certainly a lot of value in having that guy and that, that camaraderie that comes between between him and and his line and tight ends who are blocking for him. Um, But uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time is that whoever can can do the job best is going to play. And I think we showed several times last year that we were willing to make a change at any number of positions. Some some might be obvious, like the quarterback or the running back, but who's playing left guard or – Z receiver um, from any from one game to the next also changed quite a bit, and so guys having to earn their reps is something that that I do think is part of our culture and a valuable part of it. Where you did have great consistency was O line. Four of your five guys played all thirteen games, started all thirteen games. Yeah, and you know a lot of people have said. If you look back on how the line played last year, there were a lot of comments about how the line played well for a group of young guys. They're playing pretty well, given the fact that you don't have a lot of experience there. Well, we're, we're done with that now. We're beyond the fact that they don't have experience anymore or they're a bunch of young guys. Now they need to actually just go play like one of the best lines in the country. And so I really feel like for us to take that next jump as an offense, it starts with them. And if we're going to have the type of physical, hard-nosed approach to the game that, that I want us to have on offense, it won't happen unless our offensive line leads the charge. And so there's, there's a lot still left for them to prove. Now James Empey had a redshirt season before last year. Granted, that said, he's a freshman center. Not every first-year OC is going to feel the best about throwing it over to a freshman center, which you did, and he responded and earned well-deserved uh, accolades as a result. Yeah, it, it, and he he's a great case in point. He had a really good year for a guy who was playing as a freshman, and um, he's got a lot of potential. He's one of the smartest players I've ever coached. He's a really good athlete, and now it's time for him to be one of the best centers in the country, and I think he can do that. Coach, uh, continuing with the O-line, my junior year, we, it was very similar to what I view this year in, in that it was a bunch of guys who I think at least four of the five had 15-plus starts under the belt of have, having played together. And it was it made life so much easier on me as a, as a quarterback, made life so much easier on our running backs. Just can you explain what what you hope or what an O-line that has that much – you know, um, time in battle together looks like? Because to me, things like communication and the slides and the checks, all of that just happened by second nature. Now, when a couple of those guys graduated the next year, it all went away, and I realized how truly special that was. But can you paint a picture for the fans out there, maybe what what a perfectly gelled O-line looks like? Well, I think first in terms of experience, I think with in regards to football players, quarterback and offensive linemen benefit more from experience than any other position, maybe than in any other sport because of the strategy involved in our sport, particularly the knowledge that's required at those two positions. And so I think just from an individual standpoint, each of those guys will be significantly better for having had those starts behind them now. 
Now you bring in the element of them playing together as a unit and guys who have been in the battle together, and they know if I make this call, I know my buddy's going to be right there next to me, and I can trust that he's going to be there. I'm not going to question that. We still had some of that last year. And um, the other thing that, that no one would ever see are the things that happen behind the scenes. The, the inside jokes that go on in the locker room between the offensive linemen or the offensive linemen standing together to kick somebody off of one of their weight racks because they said that was their rack, you know? <laughs> yep. Those kind of things, um, I think, are just more potent within the offensive line than in any other position. They have to do more things together, both on and off the field. And so I feel like we have more of that now than we have had at any time since I've been here. When I was here before, I felt like we had that. Last year, I think we were lacking a little bit of that esprit de corps that an elite offensive Mm -hmm. line has. Offensive line is your love and most of your career background, and you've got a new offensive line coach working with you and Eric Mateos. And a little under the radar, a kid named Spencer Patterson is also on board as uh, as a GA, and that's going to be his focus as well. Is that fair to say? That's correct. Okay. So the group that you've got, new group in terms of staff, how quickly have they acclimated, and are you a team already? Yeah, without question. And Eric, uh, obviously, I felt comfortable with him. He he actually took Ryan Pugh's place as my grad assistant when I was at LSU. And during that season, um, that was the season Les Miles got fired. Along with that, the offensive coordinator, there was a change there. And so the tight ends coach became the offensive coordinator. And so we were, we were void of tight ends coach. And so Ed Orgeron asked me about allowing Eric to coach the tight ends, and he did an amazing job with them. I mean, their 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 play improved significantly under his leadership, and, and I already knew he was really sharp because he was working me with me and the offensive line, but watching what he was able to do with that group sold me on him as a coach, and so he's, he's really sharp. Um, like I said about Ryan, when he came, wise beyond his years, just in, in, incredibly intelligent, a little bit different personality than Ryan, but both of them very effective. And I think the thing that he's done that I'm most pleased with thus far is how he's just really built a bond with those linemen in a short amount of time and and helped develop that camaraderie that that group, uh, I, I think, has needed to take that next step. And so they're doing great. Eric's done a great job fitting in in our staff room. And, and um, I think he's, without question is just only going to make us better. A couple of random notes. Uh, Gunnar Romney never really got healthy last year. Is that is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, I think yeah. he was I think he was close to full speed, but for a very short amount of time. And, and you know, he had some of those soft tissue injuries that, that young guys can have from time to time. Um, but I don't think anybody really saw what he can do. I mean, I, I watched him in high school and was just um, really impressed with his ability as a playmaker. And One of the things, quite frankly, and probably the most important thing that we need to do as an offense this year in order to take that next step is have some more explosive plays. You know, I mean, there were were times we did some good things and we were able to move the ball at times, as you alluded to. I think we did a good job in the red zone, but we need more big plays. And I think Gunner's one of those guys that can... That has the capacity to help us do that. Yeah, knock on wood. How how different does he already look to you right now at full health? Yeah, I mean, I I say right now, you last saw him in spring and true full... Yeah, he yeah. yeah he he's he's a different guy. I mean, not not only is he healthy, but he's also benefited from a year in the weight room. You know, I mean, he was a tall, slender guy when he got here, and um, 
you know, had had tons of ability, but now he's probably 12 to 15 pounds heavier, mm-hmm. thicker, more durable, more physical. We'll do a better job getting off press coverage, and, and I think we'll be able to go up and get some balls. Let Riley jump in here one more second uh, before we let you go, but I'll ask a question about Matt Bushman. I, he may get taken for granted having led the team in receptions and receiving yards in back-to-back years. Uh, it almost seems like you could throw to him on every play, and he'd find a way to get open for you. What makes him such a tough matchup and such a special player? Well, he has as good a ball skills as anyone I've ever been around. And then you couple that with a guy who's who's 6'4", uh, 240 pounds, and it's hard for, for guys to match up. So, you know, if you want to put a linebacker on him, most linebackers aren't going to be able to cover him. And even if they can run with him step for step, they don't have the ball skills he has, and he's just going to go up and get the ball over him. If you try to match him up with a smaller guy, a defensive back, then, you know, he'll just kind of post the guy up and, and go take the ball away from him, as we saw many times, particularly towards the end of last year. And I yeah. think that's one of... One of my jobs as a coach is do a better job getting the ball to our best playmakers, and certainly he's at the top of that list. Coach, my my last question is, so it's great to have so many familiar names coming back, and, and I tend to take the optimistic view that that is in general a good thing. Others could see that, uh, well, if it's the same guys, then we're going to get more of the same yeah. that we did last year. So one thing that on the teams that I've been on that's been vitally important is those players identifying specific areas in which they can improve. What's been the process to help each of those players identify specific areas of improvement, get better at the things they were already good at, and take places where they were deficient and become sufficient um, on a, and talk about the either on a position group basis or an individual basis because to me that and by the way from talking to the guys and on a one-on-one basis I have full confidence that that's happening but maybe speak a little bit to the process of how those areas of improvement were identified and are now being tracked and accountable for that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's one thing that is at times taken for granted because you just assume if he's coming back he's going to be better the next year. Nothing just happens because you're a year older. You have to make yourself better. Um, so at the end of at the end of the season and at the end of spring ball, um, each position coach um, drafts a report on each player, and then he gives that to me. And then each position coach has an individual meeting with each position player, each player individually. Um, and then I do the same with those players myself. And so I get that report and it says, this guy needs to work on getting off press coverage. This guy needs to work on uh, tracking deep balls better. This guy needs to work on his footwork in the pocket better. This guy needs to get his lower body strength better. This guy um, has to improve his knowledge of pass protection. And, and a number of different things are at play there, but it starts with the position coach and then that information goes to me, and then we both uh, make sure that player is aware of that. And then if we're doing a good job as coaches, we're staying in touch with them during the summer to find out what they're doing because we have limited impact on them right. as coaches during the summer, as you know. So that's where, um, that's where their knowledge of themselves and their self-awareness and willingness to work on it really comes into play. And hopefully those things are taking place. And, and like I talked about with Zach at the beginning, if a guy loves the game, then, then he's going to do those things. And I, I, I walked through the weight room the other day as I was 
coming in um, in the morning, and I just, as I walked through, I looked out the glass window, and there was one of our offensive linemen out there by himself at 7.30 in the morning working his pass sets, you know. And so those little things like that, in addition to the the player-run practices that they're they're doing on their own, I think is what will make the difference. That's tremendous. I think think that process is great, and I can feel there's an energy and a culture that uh, of accountability, uh, probably, I think you have good leaders in each of the position groups, but also, like you said, I think you've done a good job getting a room together of a bunch of guys who love the game. And when you have guys who love the game, and it's funny you said, and are willing to do what it takes, they're wanting to do what it takes. And so that's what has me most encouraged for this season. Riley, good stuff from you. Coach Grimes, great to hear from you. Always good to see you, Greg. Riley, welcome to the show, and Thank looking you. forward to seeing you guys a whole lot more here pretty we will soon. We'll see a whole lot more if you like it or not, uh, right. whether you like it or not. We'll always love seeing you. Uh, Zach Wilson, James Empey, coming up next. This is BYU's Football Media Day coverage on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel on BYU Radio.